Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Good afternoon. Good to be here on this beautiful Sabbath day. The title of this message is Heaven or the Feast of Trumpets. Now I know it may sound like I'm talking to the choir. I think everybody hopefully would agree with what I'm going to say here, but when I speak, especially at the Church of God Rocky Mountain, you know, I may look at it out at 10 or 12 people, but in my mind, I visualize a lot more people than that. It's all in my head, I guess. No, no, I'm no, just kidding. Because I, I know I take, you know, the messages and whether it's YouTube, God to you, Facebook, Vimeo, uh, website, you know, a lot of people, a lot more people end up hearing it. And that's encouraging for me. It's one of the things that keeps me going as a minister. And so I want to look at, okay, heaven or the Feast of Trumpets? I want to make some comparison between the two. I think I already know what you believe. And, you know, there is a teaching out there. You familiar? It's a beloved teaching. Believe me, it's a beloved teaching that when you die, you immediately go to heaven. And my approach basically is if that comforts you, let it comfort you. Believe me, I don't argue, I don't, you know, I don't, uh, well, let me tell you about the Feast of Trump, you know, I, I don't do that. I mean, you know, I, it, I just sort of take a passive approach pretty much and say, okay, if that's what you want to believe, uh, you know, let that comfort you, especially if I'm at a funeral or something like that. I mean, you can understand that. Uh, the difference between what we believe and most people believe, most people believe when they die, they immediately go to be with the Lord. We believe that there is, like Freddie used to say, or I guess he still says it, a dirt nap. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. That's a good one, a dirt nap. You know, a time that you're asleep in the grave, be it that long, that long, you know, it depends, it just depends, but eventually you get to be with the Lord, you know, so it's just a time issue there, and, uh, you know, whatever. Okay, um, however, truth is truth, and when we reject truth, often we can lose sight of who and what God is and what God is doing, and also, when we reject truth, we can cause ourselves a lot of unnecessary pain and suffering because of what we believe, and I'll explain that during this message some examples of that. Nobody wants to cause themselves unnecessary, unnecessary pain and suffering. I mean, we got enough of that stuff already. Let's not bring it on, you know, with, with, with uh, a misunderstanding about God or what God is doing. If I could summarize, what is the Feast of Trumpet all about? Well, besides the, the fact that God says to keep it, you know, so God says so, you know, Leviticus 23 and verse 24, in the seventh month and the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath, a memorial, a blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You know, that, that, that's a good reason to keep it right there because God says so. Might be the best reason to keep it. <laughs> but uh, if I could summarize what the Feast of Trumpets is all about, it would be 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 52. 
in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, where the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Oh, my goodness. The older you get, the more you want this stuff. The more you look at, you know, the man or woman in the mirror, realize it's wearing out, you know, some bad things are happening to me, you know, I don't like it. That new body, we're going to be changed from flesh to spirit. Now, obviously, before this last trump sounds, we want to reach as many as people as possible. You know, go ye therefore into all the world. And it's, you know, it's not just a gospel. I mean, there's many a gospels out there. Some may include the law of God. Some may not include, you know, some people, you know, they don't have a problem with nine of the Ten Commandments. But it is the gospel. And, you know, what I mean by that, I mean, I, I didn't make this up. I believe that there are ten commandments that we're supposed to keep. And I think that is true out of respect for God's law. It's not my idea. I keep the Sabbath, but it's important. That's part of the gospel right there, the Ten Commandments. Repent of, you know, 1 John 3, 4, transgression is the breaking of God's law. So that's an absolute truth. So, but to get a message out there of repentance, accept Christ, go down in the waters of baptism, have hands laid on you for the receiving of the Spirit of God, receive the Spirit of God. And you know, there's six trumpet blasts leading up to the return of Christ. And a lot of those things that, be, that come before that final and seventh trumpet, a lot of that is not good. Not good at all, those, those six trumpet blasts. But I, you know, sometimes that's what it takes to turn people's hearts to God. Bad times, hard times. And uh, you know, whatever is, is necessary. Now again, there is a teaching that says, instead of Christ returning to this earth to establish the kingdom on this earth, that people, I'm just going to go through this a little bit, flit off to heaven one person at a time when we die. And you know, if you, if, if you think about that, I think I mentioned this before, you know, because of that one person at a time, you know, heaven really wouldn't be a whole lot of difference between heaven and here on earth because there's always someone missing, if you understand what I'm saying. There's always someone missing. You know, down here where, we, you know, okay, if we die, okay, the person, you know, goes to heaven. But, if, but, but up in heaven, they're thinking, well, I wish they would hurry up and kick the bucket and get up here, you know. But there's always someone missing, you know. So there isn't a whole lot of difference between, you know, down here or up there. There's someone always, there's a loved one that is always missing. Okay. Do you realize heaven would be hell? I know that's a harsh statement. Let me explain. The idea is that you can watch everything that's going on down here. Imagine watching, let's say a father passed away and watching your daughter. She's in a car with her friends having a good time, maybe on a cell phone. And, uh, but she's got her seatbelt on. She's, she's, she's driving uh, good speed, and, and, and you're watching, and there's an intersection up ahead. 
and she's driving 55 and there's a, a drunk driver riding, driving 100 miles an hour. And you, you know what's coming. You see it coming. And you scream to the top of your lung, no! And it's like one of those bad dreams. You ever, you ever had one of those dreams where you're screaming and nobody can hear you? Now maybe you could take a, a certain amount of comfort in knowing that, well now, she's dead and she's up here with me. Strange concept, but, but, but you, you, you might could take some comfort in, there, in that. But there are some ideas that have not been thought through completely with that idea of going to heaven and watching everything that's going on. This, this story I'm, I'm going to tell you right here is a uh, true story. I think I, I've told it before, but there was a um, man and woman. woman married a minister. He was a good man. He died. And, of course, all ministers go to heaven. Everybody knows that. Just kidding. Just kidding. But, you know, of course, okay, he went to heaven, you know, according to her faith. He went to heaven. Well, she got remarried. It's perfectly okay. But they had a dysfunctional sexual relationship because when they would try to make love, she would imagine her former husband up in heaven watching the marriage bed. Now, I'm not making this up. This is real life people. This is real situations, things that people struggle with and think about and worry about, and maybe in some cases drive them crazy. But, uh, and the one that upsets me is, uh, well, the Lord took him home. You know, you know, father dies, you tell the 12-year-old boy, Lord took your dad home. Car accident, whatever, Lord took him home. Lord didn't take him home. It was the bridge abutment that he hit at 80 miles an hour. It took him home. But, you know, I'm just saying that some of these teachings can cause a lot of hostility and resentment in a young man's heart when you say, you know, who is this Lord that took my daddy home? I don't like that. I resent this Lord that took my father home. So, you know. And a lot of this is purely raw emotion that people are running on. I had an aunt who lost her son in a hunting accident. He was about 12 years old, involved a shotgun, terrible accident. 20 years later, my mother was talking to my aunt and was telling her about the state of the dead and what we believe and, and you know, the dead don't know anything, don't know anything, they're in the grave asleep. And she said, if I thought he was in the grave, I would go out there and dig him up. You see, there's no logic to that. There's, there's no logic to what, what What would you find in 20 years if you did that, besides a bunch of bones? It's not logical, is what I'm saying. So a lot of times when people, you know, they run on raw emotions and there, it, it lacks logic. Let's think about this, okay. Or the other one, grandma is watching. Boy, you better behave yourself. Grandma is watching you, okay. Another idea is that the judgment, seems to me, has already occurred. I mean, if you've been in heaven for 4,000 years, don't you know where you're at? Why do you need to be judged? If you're in hell for 4,000 years, don't you know where you're at? Why do you need to be drug out of there and say, hey, boy, you're in hell, and now you're going back? Doesn't make a lot of sense. 
Okay, Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 5. For the living know that they shall die, and boy, do we ever. And thank God for the resurrection. <laughs> the living know that we shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. And I don't think that means you forget about the person or anything like that, but it's just, it's just saying, you know, their memory or whatever. Um, but the dead don't know anything. So let's talk about the Feast of Trumpets and the scriptures to the Feast of Trumpets. Okay, Feast of Trumpets. First Thessalonians 4 and verse 16. First Thessalonians 4 and verse 16. I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures here. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God. Notice that, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And as I mentioned before, there's a reason they call them dead. They're dead in Christ. And they're going to rise from the grave first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And, and what an incredible comfort it is. Comfort one another with these words. You're going to... You're going to live again, okay? That's not the end of the road for us. Now, again, this does not mean that we, okay, meet the Lord in the air. We understand that. It doesn't mean we flit off to heaven or anything like that. Heaven doesn't need fixing, by the way. Uh, Revelation 5 and verse 10 says, And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Where are we reigning? On the earth. Because that's where all the problems are. That's where all the stinking, rotten, filthy, abominable problems are at. Right here. And I would like to have a hand in fixing at least a few things. At least a few. And so would you. You know? Um, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since uh, by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. There's an order of things when it comes to the resurrection of the dead. Christ the first fruit, afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. And you really can't misunderstand this. The order of when we will be resurrected has been revealed at Christ's coming. What did Jesus say about the Feast of Trumpets? Matthew 24 and verse 30. Matthew 24 and verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, for they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. There's the word again. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other, meaning the universe or the world, according to Thayer's definition, from one end of heaven to the other, that is. Many are called, but few are chosen. And so the chosen, the elect, are going to come up in this resurrection. So let's take a look at that. Revelation 8 and verse 10. 
And I saw the seventh angel which stood before God, and there were given seven trumpets. Now we're going to have seven trumpets. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're handed out. And I'm just going to go through quickly, I'm not going to read it all, but each one of these trumpets. Revelation 8 and verse 7. I'll give you the reference. The first angel sounded, trumpet blasts, and there followed hell and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. Revelation 8 and verse 8. And the second angel sounded, trumpet blasts, and it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and a third part of the sea became blood, and a third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had, and had life died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. And the fourth angel sounded, Revelation 8 and verse 12. And the third part of the sun was smit smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star, a star fall from heaven and, and, and to the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Now, this goes on and on and on, but it's more bad stuff happening, okay? Revelation 9, verse 13, And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. You know, I look at this. And I wonder, will it all be worth it? Will it all be worth it? You know, I don't know. I might say it anyway, even though what, what Cor just mentioned. But there may be some of you in this room who will live to see these days. Maybe Cor and Heather. No, just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> but we, you, know, I don't, you know, sometimes when you see the, how quick things can escalate, how character can quickly escalate. It's like a snowball effect, you know. It's just like more, you know, it's getting more and more and more power and more, you know, downhill it goes and it's just getting faster and faster and faster. And I see that in our society and I'm sure you do too. But will, will it all be worth it? Sometimes we have our own man-made hell on earth that we're living through. Tough times, hard times. And that's bad enough to take. But this will be a time with the six trumpets, trump, trumpet blasts, God's man-made hell on earth, which will be really bad. And yes, it will be worth it. He that endures to the end shall be saved. Ken Hatfield used to give a, a he used to sing a song at the feast. Keep your eyes on the prize. You know, keep your eyes on the prize. What God, what what your reward is, what God is, you know, the resurrection. Keep your eyes on the prize. Okay, the seventh trump. Now this is the one that we are really excited about. Revelation 11 and verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Oh my goodness, this is the time that I am looking for. When the kingdoms of this world are given over to Christ and he's going to reign forever and ever. You know, you, you get to a point where you're fed up with the kingdoms of this world. You're fed up with 
all kinds of things. You know, man governing man, void of the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You can't help but mess it up. You can't help but make mistakes when that is true. And, you know, we live in a society that is so pitiful that we don't know which end is up and which end is down. We don't know what constitutes a marriage. We don't know what gender we are. We can't even figure out body parts anymore. I mean, how, how, do, how do you get there? How do you get there? Isaiah 1 verse 5 says, Look, why will you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. Is that an apt description of us? The head is sick, and the whole heart is faint. What a description of us. When the head is sick. Sick. Now, it is a fact of history that the Sabbath was, and you know, you go back to Constantine, 325 A.D., whatever, the Sabbath was abandoned for, for, for Sunday worship, and the holy days fell into disuse, and the holidays took their place. That's a fact of history, like Halloween in church, which is an absolute abomination in the eyes of God. Absolute abomination. But this is monumental for this to occur, okay? It's monumental. But it's one thing, you know, when, when okay, people reject his will, but in the process of doing so, we reject knowledge. It's one thing to reject his will, but in doing so, we reject the knowledge that God has. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know? And it's, it's a strange thing. You know, I mean, I, I believe you could literally take a person and you could say, now, now, do you understand everything I've gone through about the Feast of Trumpets? Do you understand that the seventh trumpet and six trumpets leading up to it, and the seventh trump, Christ returns and resurrects the dead? Yeah, I get that. I understand that. Christ is going to return, and he's going to resurrect the dead in Christ, you know, and there's an order of the resurrection. Yeah, I get that. And the next breath, praise the Lord, my loved ones are in heaven. And you just sometimes throw up your hands and say, you know, is there anything I'm doing? Is it, is it working? You know, does it work? Does it work? And a lot of it is based on emotion, not knowledge or the facts. Now, I want to I I just go over this and in closing here uh, just a little bit more because I have been asked, you know, I preached at funerals and, and you know, it was almost like an argument that the two of us got into, but he, he's preaching, I'm preaching one way, he's preaching the other, and, and you know, I just, it was an unpleasant experience. I have many of those experiences. <laughs> but this one is always asked. Well, what about this verse? 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 8. For we are confident, I say, and willing, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, if you examine that verse, that verse does not say that when you die, you are immediately present with the Lord. It doesn't, you've got to read that into it. Paul is just saying, I would rather be absent from this body and present with the Lord. Listen, I would rather be absent from the, the, you know, the older it gets, the more I would rather be absent from this body and present with the Lord. 
But Paul understood the time frame for which this would occur. It's when the trump sounds and the dead in Christ. You know, if Paul is saying that you immediately go to be with the Lord, then he just contradicted himself with about 30 other scriptures about the resurrection. Paul was not, you know, he was an intelligent man. He wouldn't have done that. Contradicted himself like that. So, um, so I got to thinking. If you made it a point to visit churches tomorrow, or, or not, even today, seven-day Adventists, you could visit them. Or tomorrow, visit churches. You know, we're told to proclaim these days during their seasons, these holy days. If you were to visit churches, you would never hear a message about the Feast of Trumpets. What I've just gone through, the seven trumps, what the seventh trump rep re represents, the dead in Christ being resurrected, you would never hear it. Churches cannot preach the meaning of the Feast of Trumpets because it would contradict everything they're preaching from the pulpit. They can't go there. It, it would accuse them. Immortality of the soul, you know, all of that. It would contradict it. So, so, you know, and I think Cord brought this up. There was a minister who used to say that as we near the end time, God is not going to allow people to say to him, but I never heard. You know, I've been in church for 50 years, and I never heard a message about the Feast of Trumpets. If I would have heard it, maybe I would have responded. God's not going to allow people to do that. So we have a work to do. We have a work to do. And that work, you know, you know, this gospel shall be preached as a witness. And that, that, that's strange in, in and of itself, that language. It's, it's this gospel shall be preached to save everybody. No. As a witness. And sort of a witness and a warning that people must hear it. They must hear it. So I have a, a little booklet here. I just want to mention this because you never know who, who may hear this message later on. The Feast of Trumpets booklet. And uh, the Feast of Trumpet pictures the singular most important event in world history, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it also says in the subtitle here, I need to admit, why the world won't end. For a lot of young people, that's an important issue. A lot of young people have been so brainwashed by propaganda and the media, climate change, global warming, you know, save the planet, reuse your spork, and they believe that, okay, this, 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 it's just going to, like a candle in the wind, it's just going to flicker out and blow out, and that's the end of that. And they are scared to death. They're fearful. And they need to know the world's not going to end. There is coming a new world age. The government of God on this earth, Christ, is returning. So... This little, you know, you can order this by writing at the end of this uh, this YouTube video. 
you can email and order this if you'd like this free booklet, The Feast of Trumpets. Let me just conclude with this little introduction. Why are the churches of this world confused about the most important knowledge available to this generation? And boy, is it ever. Your Bible reveals in graphic details the second coming of Jesus Christ in, su in supreme power to set up the kingdom of God on this earth. Yet the world seems to understand almost nothing about this prophetic event and the annual festival festival excuse me that pictures it think of it god in a very few short years okay that was their opinion uh will send the living but i hope he's true i hope this is right i believe me i hope this is right uh, <laughs> we'll send the living Jesus Christ again, this time to save mankind from nuclear mass destruction to end human misery and suffering and to usher in peace, happiness, joy for all of mankind. He will come to rule over and judge all nations and usher in the happy, peaceful world tomorrow. You know, and when I read that, you know, I just, I got, I got three words to say and to close with. Thy kingdom come. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Or visit us on the web at Is That Really in the Bible? Net. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.